Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. On my count, seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southernness to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob Getty with you, Kelly Sander. We're in the Southern Bancor Studio here in Hattiesburg with the military jet flying about 200 feet above the radio station. That was fun. Luke Johnson is in Laurel. He's at the uh, Southern Bancor Studio in the beautiful city of Laurel. We're glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in. Uh, A little later in the show, we're going to be talking about something fun and exciting, and that's trick-or-treat at the Pete. Got a delightful young lady that's going to come on and tell us about that. But we're going to start the show by reminding you about Dickie's Barbecue Pit, great supporters of our program, great supporters of Southern Miss, and a great place to take your family for your next meal, not to mention a great place to cater your next event. Dickie's does it all. The food's always fresh and delicious, and uh, we thank Dickie's for everything they do. Going to be fun talking about uh, trick-or-treat at the Pete, but the opening subject of today's show is not going to be fun. Really bad news. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joins us uh, to talk about it. Really, really bad news for the basketball team today, Heath. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really unfortunate. Uh, Natalia Alvarez uh, on his social media came out and said that he was having surgery and that he looks forward to seeing everybody next year. Uh, just a tough loss for Coach Ladner and the staff and, and the team, especially when you look at you don't know uh, Corbello if he's going to even, if they're going to approve that. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I was so looking forward to seeing Alvarez in that backfield with Crawley and watching them have fun. And, man, that's a tough loss. This team's going to have to, uh, you know, look to some other guys and, and you know, Mo Arnold's going to play more. It's um, getting Carbello, if they can get him uh, eligible, that's going to be huge for this team. That's going to help. But if you don't have both of them, that's a tough loss this year. All right, so we've already lost one of the two post players that uh, transferred in. He's out with the knee injury, and, and now you lose Alvarez. And we never saw the post player on the floor, Heath, but I will say this about Alvarez. I thought – hands down the most electric player on the basketball team a, a real difference maker when he's on the floor oh yeah not only you know his ability to drive the paint but defensively how many times you seen him back up and get a steal or, or cause havoc in the backfield because of his the way he can uh pressure guys with his defensive abilities i mean that is that is a loss on both sides of the floor that's it's just, it, and it causes you maybe even to play defense different, where you can have him out front. Do you have that ability still 
um, can Mo Arnold do that for you? It's just going to be uh, this coaching staff is going to do their best to come up and try to come out with a way to uh, you've got to find somebody to replace those points so the assists in that defense, and somebody's going to have to step up. You know, it's interesting how in football, football usually gets the the bum rap about being so physical and having people lost to injuries and so on. But when an injury happens in basketball, it's so much more destructive because you don't have 70 guys on the roster, right? You've only got about, you know, I don't know, 16, 17 maybe. So uh, when you lose, when a guy goes down like that, it's it's much tougher to replace and already now you haven't even tipped the ball off they do tonight in an exhibition game against delta state but two players down already and alvarez you know has had problems with that foot and um an ankle so uh and they tried to bring him back maybe a little bit earlier than they should have last year in retrospect even though it was a great year but it's clear now that that's not even going to be an option to bring him back early i mean he's he's done for the year and, and he tough for the coaching staff. Yeah, and can, I feel bad to them because of how hard they worked to build this team after last season. And you talked about Carabell, the the what what his issue is. Tell us, because uh, tell us what what the problem is there about getting him eligible. Look, it, it, it's, the NCAA just they really don't have a designer place. They don't say we'll judge on this date or we'll give you a decision by this date. But when you're trying to get a double transfer through. And it does, it's usually kind of difficult, and they a lot of times they don't go through. Even uh, you know, Deion Sanders of Colorado had issues with a double transfer. Uh, but they felt like they went out and got a lawyer. They felt like they got a really good case here. Now, um, North Carolina had a couple of double transfers to come through. It took a little uh, doing from their uh, state attorney general, if I'm not mistaken, but they were able to get a couple of players through, so they're – they're obviously the NCAA is letting some through, but uh, there's just no rhyme or reason to the NCAA. They can do what they want to, and that's what makes it such a tough situation because you're putting these kids playing in front of a group of people who they just don't have a set standards of what they will allow and what they want. Well, yeah, it's let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you. They do. They have a set of standards for the North Carolinas of the basketball Kansas. world. Kansas. Yeah. And a set of standards for the Southern Misses of the world. We don't need to rehash history, but when Southern Miss got put on such terrible probation, North Carolina had been caught actually creating classes that didn't exist for their players, and they got a little tap on the wrist. So that's the standard of the NCAA, Luke Johnson. So Heath, um, I mean, Mo Arnold, like you said, steps up. But, I mean, the guard play, you did feel like, you know, guard – uh, was the deepest position. So just kind of puts guys like Kobe Montgomery um, in the spotlight, you know, an opportunity for uh, not not the point, but I'm just saying Victor Hart, you know, guys like that, uh, they're just going to have to – different guys are going to have to, you know, step up and play maybe a little different. What What's your take? Who, who's some others that, that are going to have to step up now with this news today? I think Jeffrey Armstrong is going to have to carry more minutes. I think defensively they're going to have to rely on him a lot. Uh, because he is so good defensively, you're right. Uh, Ivory, uh, Alfonso, I mean, you're talking, Cody Montgomery is the guy I'm looking at because from what I understand, he is a prolific scorer. So if they can get him and really get him going up there, because you got to have somebody go along with Crowley up top. Crowley's going to need some help. Now, he's going to score his points. He's going to do what he does best and get in the paint and uh, – 
but you've got to have some help for him. He can't do everything on his own, so he's going to need a, you know, somebody up top that's going to be able to work with him. That's what I was so excited about, I, you know, Alvarez and Crowley up top. That was going to be fun, them two playing together and the defensive pressure they can uh, combine. So Jeffrey Armstrong's going to step up, uh, be able to handle the ball a little bit. Mo Arnold's going to have to be able to score some now and, and really uh, up his game in that area. Uh, they lost 60 points, almost 60 points, and 25, 30 rebounds from last year's team. So that's they've got to find some guys that can score. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm just interested to see the approach because the approach will be different with with Pinkney with with losing Pinkney. You've lost one big, you know, some of those bigger guys, uh, Four and and some of those guys are, you know, untested. And so, do you? How, how do you think they will? You can say lean on the guard play, but I mean, this is a team where because you're you're untested down low. Um, you you hope you need to be able to shoot high percentage every night, or you might find yourself on a cold night. You, you may not be in one. Well, they make a run three guards set. You know, Kobe Montgomery and Donovan uh, Ivory, both six six guys. Um, so you might could actually you know run a three guard front there. They're going to have to get creative with how they with how they score and who's on the floor. You may see where they wanted to go through. You know, kind of a Two guards with three bigs on the floor, they may not be able to do that now. It may be more spread out and shooting from the outside. Um, you know, another guy they're going to miss that is not with the team this year transferred is uh, Harris because of what he could do. He was he could guard down low, he could guard up top. You, you could use him in so many different ways. you got to find somebody that's going to be able to do what he did too. And uh, I'm, I'm here to see what the uh, coaching staff is going to do. I think, you know, there's players there that can take the spot. It's just if they're ready to do it and how they're going to perform early on getting adjusted to their new roles. All right, Heath, we appreciate your input. How can people join Big Gold Nation? I just go to southernmiss.rivals.com and uh, click join. Uh, got a practice report, football practice coming out uh, this afternoon. So a lot of good information, a lot of good uh, fun banner on there. Come join us and uh, have a good time. Thanks Real- for having me on, guys. Real quick, any uh, any word from practice on who's going to play quarterback Saturday? I guess the answer is no. no. I, I, I think all three got – I talk about uh, Crawford in there too. They all three pretty much got even snaps. So, no, nobody's uh, said, but we'll see. If I was a guessing man, probably Edwards or Wiles. But we'll see. Coach Hall did talk about everybody was – everything's an option now. So. All right, Heath. We appreciate you, buddy. Talk to you again soon. Yeah. Yes, sir. Have a good one. All right. Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation. I uh, want to remind you about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. You can hear it on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can simply tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour, and it is available for you anytime. We appreciate all the input we get from our podcast listeners. We're glad that we can bring it to you wherever you live in the country. We'll be right back.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Now, I want to thank Heath in for Big Gold Nation uh, for coming on the Eagle Hour. Also, I want to remind you about our good friends at Town & Country Cleaners. It's Hattiesburg's most trusted cleaners. Family-owned and operated since 1983, they offer services including steam pressing, shirt laundry, bulky bedding, minor alterations, and, of course, dry cleaning. You can visit Town & Country Cleaners at their convenient location across from the USM campus on Hardy Street. You can call them at 601-264-4920. The Lancey Giannini is going to be joining us here in the next segment. We're going to be talking about the trick-or-treat at the Pete. Bob, what, what exactly is bulky bedding? You talked about town and country cleaning. What would I, you know, that be? I, why, why do you want to ask me a question that you know I don't have the answer? Well, with that, I'm guessing that's like quilts. I would or? think that's like comforters. Okay, big, yeah, that big makes comforters sense. and things of that nature that they can dry clean. That, you ever try to put one in a washing machine? It'll tear your washer up. I got gotcha. you. I'm an expert on these domestic things, as you well know. Yeah, well, comforters and, and comforters, uh, sheets, duvets, maybe. Duvet. And what is a duvet? Dust covers. And uh, what is a duvet? I think the duvet is like one of those cloth skirts that kind of go around the bottom. Of the bed, uh, a duvet. Yeah, oh, a duvet. French term, I yes, think. I for our listeners, this is all 1947 language. <laughs> and for and for our listeners that, by the way, communicated with Luke, educate yourself on music. Inagata De Vita was not in the 1950s. Am I right about that, Kelly? Late 60s, you know. Correct. Hey, and did you see where Robert Plant yesterday actually sang "Stairway to Heaven" for the first time in 12 years? Who is who's he talking about, Luke? Do you have any idea? I don't know. I, just, I was told by one listener to for y'all just to remember where the dunk corner is. The dunk corner is not where the coaches are. Uh, it's right by where the visiting coaches are. The yeah. dunk corner is right to the right of the visiting bench. Right. Kelly's no, right about that. No, no, that, no that's, that's the rowdy no corner. Rail. That's the rowdy rail. Yeah. The dunk corner is by the home bench yeah, in no. the corner. I, I, stand, I, I knew that. I just made a mistake. I did now. Which Rowdy is why, rails, dunk corners. There's so much to keep up with. Well, but that's no, why the, the good thing is people people listen yeah. and they and they care about it. And, and that's and, why they call it the rowdy rail is because their job is to be rowdy against teams like South Alabama and and yeah. Coach Riley. And it proves once again that we have no idea what we're talking about. All of us. So that's okay. Well, I mean, because we're, we're here. We're that's our trademark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who would have thought the 49ers would lose? It? Let me tell you something. As a As an ex-Redskin fan, I've always said Kirk Cousins was, and and Troy Aikman confirmed it last night, he's a solidified top 10 quarterback in the league. Kirk Cousins was incredible last night. He was throwing dimes all over the field. Well, bad news for the Bengals because Frisco has lost two games in a row now and they play Cincinnati next. They're going to be all mad. Can I admit something? Mm -hmm. I watched baseball. Rather than football, I did watch a little football last night, but I was back and forth. Watch baseball. I'm a I, I I'm a pseudo Texas Rangers fan because I grew up watching the Washington Senators, and that's who was the Washington Senators. But I was so glad to see Houston get knocked out. It's kind of like Kansas City. Yeah, enough, enough, enough. Well, they've been there what seven years in a row. Yeah, something boy, like the that. Rangers put it on them last night. And so Texas, Texas is in now, right? Texas is in. Yeah. Philadelphia and, and Arizona. Arizona played it on. Right. Yeah. What stinks is if you're down eleven to three and Araldis Chapman's in the game and you get hit by a hundred and four mile an hour fastball in the leg, that just adds insult to injury. I think that was McCormick that got hit by the Strohs last night. But anyway, going back to your point, it's the power of Nick Mullins. I mean, he makes Kirk Cousins a better quarterback. <laughs> Well, Luke, this weekend you are headed to the picturesque scenery of uh, Boone, North Carolina, where the Eagles will uh, 
take on Appalachian State. The battle for the rock, both teams with the same school colors. And Southern Miss will be a little bit different in that we don't know exactly what we're going to see out of this Southern Miss offense now that the play calling has been assigned to other coaches. Take it from there. Yeah, and, and I'll get to that in just a second. I do want to throw it out to our listeners, and you guys can help me as well. My dad and I are, are kind of, you know, we're, we're we're kind of perplexed about which color to wear. I think our, to your point, Kelly, I think the gold is a little different. But I'm just going to, everything I have on will have some type of eagle on it. And just to clarify that. So if anybody has suggestions about which colors to wear, since it's the exact same colors, and if I were to have some cool rock shirt on, guess what? It's called the rock up there too. So anyway, yeah, yeah to your point, uh, after practice today, Jordy Joseph, uh, the Southern Miss quarterback coach, uh, was uh, asked by members of the media about the transition to uh, to play calling with uh, with Sam Gregg. Interesting. Andrew Abadie asking questions. Dima Mixon asking questions. I thought some of the answers were uh, were intriguing. Here, here it is. Here's Coach Joseph. Billy, can you kind of talk about how it came about for you? Yeah. So Coach all pulled me and Coach Gregg into his office and, uh, and just kind of talked what he was thinking about doing. You know, and then uh, he finally made the decision that he's going to turn it over to Coach Gregg and I. So he kind of said, guys, we need a spark, and I think I need to step away from it for a little bit and let y'all kind of take the reins. So uh, me and Coach Gregg are both honored that he's going to trust this to us, and we got to work with the rest of the offensive the staff to find a way to create a spark for our guys. Will the play calling change significantly? Uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I don't want to say anything, but, uh, you know, obviously just from a competitive standpoint. But, man, at, at our core, we're going to be a lot what we're already doing. You know, it might be our little, own little wrinkles that Coach Greg has from his background and some from mine. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Have you ever handled, I, I guess, play calling with another coach like this before with essentially it feels like two OCs? Uh, sometimes. So uh, when I was when I was uh, analyst uh, back at two, like every now and then, like we, I discussed third downs with the old OC we had over there. But uh, this is the first time that we're working with somebody like this. You know, but I look forward to the opportunity. So what's your comfort level doing that? Uh, man, I mean, it's a dream come true for me. You know, I always wanted to be a coach, call plays. You know, obviously for every young offensive coach, they want to be an OC one day. So obviously the opportunity is great, you know circumstances maybe not you know but at the end of our day my job is to help provide a sport for this team uh and get some wins that's uh quarterback coach jordy joseph i I did like and that's a it's a video that andrew abadie posted on twitter um when they ask about will the play calling remain the same or not he kind of gave a little smile and then he was like well you know but um you, you do feel like th- there will be uh, – in the middle of a season, you're not going to overhaul your offense. You can't. But at, at the same time, you feel like uh, the confidence that, that you know Coach Hall has in Coach Joseph and Coach Greg. But, but Jordy kind of smiled a little bit, and I thought that was uh, a little telling. It, it, it will be interesting to see um, – I think you have to have a designated play caller, and so it will be kind of interesting to see in this game which one of those guys uh, that, that's labeled. I, if I, were th- I would think it would be Jordy and – and Sam would be involved crazy heavy in, in the game planning. But I think probably the, the, the play-by-play calling will be Jordy. And I think it will be different. Just by the way that he answered that question when he said, I don't want to say too much. I mean, obviously, if it's not going to change a whole lot, you know, I, I think there's, there's a, a propensity to say, now we're going to pretty much stick with the, way, with the way it's been. But the fact that he didn't say that and said, I don't want to give anything away – which that's you know doesn't want App State to know anything that potentially could happen. But again, you're in a situation here where, with all due respect, it it it, it couldn't be much worse, right? Right. So anything that's different, uh, shoot, go for it. 
You know, is it fair to say though that App State's not the team we thought they'd be at the first of the year? They they seem to be fairly mediocre themselves. <laughs> Neither are we. Well, no, I'm not yeah. saying that we are. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, when you looked at that schedule at the start of the year, you would have thought maybe maybe that's the toughest game on the schedule, right. perhaps. But I don't think that's the case now. But I, but I think going up there, it's uh, hard. Yeah, it's that's that's a really tough place to play up there, and it's it was one of the first games on their schedule that was sold out. So they're going to be. They're but I mean, be in they've form. been. T- I mean, they they were they lost at Chapel Hill to until last week a top ten team. They lost to the Tar Heels by six. They took a trip out to Laramie and lost to the Fighting Cowboys, who I should have picked one week. They lost to Wyoming by three. They lost to Coastal at home on a last-second field goal. Of course, that was a Tuesday night fun belt game. And they lost to Old Dominion in the last minute of the game. So, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, you look at them, they're, what, three and four? They could be five and three easy right now. They could be five – or, I'm sorry, six and three right now. They could be – Five and four right now, and in week two they could have been a top ten team. So, anytime you're at you know somebody else's place, but at the same time, I mean, three and four, sometimes three and four is far more desperate than one and six because there, there's still a possibility you know to uh, to make some things happen at three and four. You know, and, oddly, I had somebody ask me this morning, and I bet you've been asked this question before too. Why in the world are we playing Ohio State in the first game of next year? That's probably the Tenth or twelfth person that's at, they're already thinking about that game and why are we playing that game? Well, I think Jeremy McLean answered that money, money, money. You know, a couple of weeks ago when when he was on the show. But as, as tough as the season has been for the Eagles, you have to look at it this other way, which we really haven't at this point. We talked about how the I offense. I hear this. No, how the offense, you know, change. At this point, Bob, what do you have to lose? We well, have nothing to lose. No. So you go out. The guys should play relaxed. Uh, you know, I mean, there are some people that will say, well, we're still bowl eligible. Mathematically, that's okay. true. Okay. I mean, mathematically, that's true, but that's that's about it, right? So the guys can play relaxed football, and I don't care whether whatever you're doing, if you're relaxed when you're doing it, you tend to do better. So if you're trying to look at the silver lining in this thing, you know. Uh, if they can pull this off, Kelly, I mean, then you got Monroe and – the raging Cajuns, and neither one of those schools are setting it on fire. Who's who's to say? No, but but well, they're tough too. I mean, they they we have. Do, we we do know that that the week of the uh, Louisiana game, Danny Lynch will be heavily involved in the offensive game plan, and that's a positive. I'm going to be breathing cool mountain air that night. I'm just not going to let it bother me one way or another. I said you're on vacation. That I'll week. be in the mountains. I'm sure we'll, we'll be right back. Top. All right, Campus Bookmart sponsors this segment of our program. It is a great place to buy your Southern Miss apparel. We love Miss Kathleen. We make no secret about that. And I think she likes us too, Santa, for some odd reason. One of the very few people I can say that about. But, uh, well, she's, she, she likes my waist. 
How's that? Well, I don't know, but but every time I turn around and walk away from her, I hear her tell somebody, "What a waste." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you just full of them. Right? <laughs> Uh, our next guest has no idea what she's in store for. This is her first appearance on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Delancey Giannini is the coordinator of Trick or Treat at the Pete. And, There's uh, still when, time to hang up, Delancey. Yeah, you, when, you can still do that. When, uh, when Jack Duggan uh, asked you to do this, he didn't really let you in on all the details, did he, Delancey? No, he really didn't. He just said, would you feel comfortable? And I said, sure, I'd love to. And here we are. Well, we've heard a lot of people say that the first time they were on the show, but they never said that again. I, I, I can't imagine. All right, Delancey, you're the daughter of, of Richard Giannini. We should point that out. He's been on our show many times. He was a big figure in Southern Miss sports history and, and now very involved with Homes of Hope for Kids. So we, uh, we appreciate all that your dad's done uh, in that really important regard, and I say that with uh, total seriousness. What's not so serious, Delancey, is trick-or-treat at the Pete. But here is the burning question. The new head coach must yes. be coming. He has to be coming as the Wizard of Oz, correct? I mean, I'm not going to confirm, deny, or say anything because I honestly don't know. Hmm. I, this is something that is, was very important to Coach Oz and his staff for them to be able to do a grand reveal for really the entire community. So I honestly have no idea. And when will that take place? At the Trick or Treat at the Pete? It will happen at Trick or Treat at the Pete. We are trying to figure out the details as to how we're going to do the reveal. But Trick or Treat at the Pete will be Thursday, this coming Thursday, the 26th, at five, from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. So probably shortly after 5, after we open the gates, we're going to figure out how to do the best grand reveal for hmm. Coach Oz and his staff. Well, if, if, if he is going to be the Wizard of Oz, he'd have to come down one of those balloons, right? Like in the Wizard of Oz, like the... Mm-hmm. That'd be a good idea. Kind of like there. a bubble. Are, are you talking about Glinda's bubble? No, no, no. The, the balloon. Uh, the, oh, the hot air balloon. But yeah. he, he escaped in the hot air balloon, didn't he? Well, that, that's, yeah, that's true. But once he's around 400... Kelly was, an ag- was actually an extra on the Yellow Brick Road. He just didn't tell you. Of course, once Coach Oz is around 400 little kids, he might want, look for an escape route. I thought he, he might dress up like Hill Denson, Bob. I thought that was an option on the table as well. I think there's a patent against that. I think he'll file for that patent against that. You're not allowed to be. But really, anymore. when you think about it... Eating gizzards and stuff. Uh, Coach Barry was the one that really set the bar high. Well, Coach Barry, the but night, Delancey, the night that Coach Barry came as Mr. Clean, that was a bar that would be almost impossible to surpass, right? I I will have to agree with that. Um, Coach Barry definitely brought his A game every year. No question. Every year and always made sure it was spectacular. All right. Now there so it was like th- the, the last one that he was, he was the Pete Taylor Park Magic, right? Last right. year, I believe yeah. that. And that was, um, that was ingenious. Right. Well, last year, um, Pete Taylor Magic, Pete Taylor Park Magic was the year before that. Last okay. year, he was um, rodeo. He was a rodeo cowboy, and That's he had right. an inflatable horse, and it was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Right. It was wonderful. Don't touch. Don't say a word. So man. all, so all, Don't say a word. All the little kids that are going to be there. So, what do you recommend parking wise, Delancey? And what's the format going to be? So parking, we are trying to keep um, Pete Taylor Park parking open for everybody. And then overflow parking, we would definitely recommend Reed Green Coliseum um, so that you can have a straight shot to Pete Taylor Park. Um, Like I said, gates are going to open at 5 and they're going to close at 7. We have so many games underneath the concourse, all over the field. And we actually have several contests this year, too. We have a pumpkin coloring contest. We have um, a candy jar guessing contest, and then we have several costume contests. 
starting from children under three to boy-girl contests, and then we have a teen costume contest, ages 13 to 19, and then we also have an adult contest. So any adults that want to bring their A-game and win a prize, I highly encourage it. And then we also have a group contest for families, which for the family prize, we're offering four tickets to the Mississippi State USM charity game this Sunday. Now, Delancey, promise us that there won't be security guards with ropes preventing people from parking in empty parking lots. That's not going to happen, is it? Not at all. Not one bit. We're trying to encourage everybody to come. We don't want to do any form of of stopping anybody from parking somewhere. We are not doing that. It's, this is a completely free event. There's no pay for parking. There's no pay for entry. There's no pay for anything. We have Coke coming to offer drinks for free to everybody that attends. I mean, we just we want it to be a free event for the community that really, honestly, baseball, softball, and community bank have really come together to basically offer the best event this year probably since we've seen. And, and we should point out that the softball team's involved, too. It's not just the baseball yes. team. It's not just baseball. Softball is very heavily involved. Coach Poole um, and I talked last year after her first year here, and she loved the event. She thought it was great, and she really, really wanted to be involved from the very beginning all the way through to the end um, whenever we call out the last prize. Luke? Yeah, it's such a special, uh, cool event uh, because it allows, you know, a lot of times, uh, you don't you don't interact uh with the baseball players particularly. I mean, they're really good about after games over at third base and, and even, you know, you catch them coming out. But but for kids, I mean, this is one of those events where you start building, you know, the stardom of little kids. And they can say, oh, I remember him. He was dressed up like a cowboy, you know, and Monastery's like hitting bombs off the scoreboard. So, so Delancey, it's a real special event, like you said, for families, but it allows them – what we want fans to do to interact with the the special student athletes that we have on campus at the university. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Luke, you couldn't I couldn't have said that better myself. What it comes down to is it's so important for these kids to build these relationships with these athletes on the softball and the baseball team, both teams, because that's when you start to build your love, not just for the sport, but you also find your hero on the field. And that's so important. All right, Delancey, what are you going to be dressed up as? I am actually, we are doing a group costume with all of us that are working the event. I'm going to be Phoenix from Maverick with a flight suit. And Mm -hmm. um, everybody that has been so gracious and helpful and wonderful working with me to make this thing um, go off without a hitch, they're going to be different characters from Maverick and Top Gun. You know, Senator, you could break out that tinfoil suit of yours and you could go as the Tin Man. Uh, I, well, I think people would think I would be more like an Airstream trailer if I got out there. <laughs> you remember? That's this? exactly what it reminded me <laughs> That's of. Good observation. That's a really good of observation there, <laughs> the Big old aluminum foil. I look like yeah. a baked potato is what I'd look like. I could go as an F-150 and pull you across, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, pull you across the parking lot. That's what would be required. So <laughs> Now, now the kids, the kids are the ones going to be doing the trick-or-treating, right? I mean... The candy, the teams are going to provide candy, and or is it is it just fun and games? The Lancers are actually going to be candy, candy given out. There is going to be candy. Community Bank is fantastic. They are providing all of the candy at all of the games. Um, we're going to have several games under the concourse. I believe it's about six or seven games under the concourse, and about fourteen games on the field itself. And so every game interaction, kids will have a chance to get candy. Well, man, and. 
in the bullpen, they'll be able to get a memorabilia card with their pitch speed, and the player will actually sign it for them as well. Well, well Community Bank dropped some coin because if you've, if you've priced chocolate lately. Andy's high. Oh, yeah. oh man. You know, the Kelly, last... you, and, you and I can go under the uh, visitor bleachers and uh, host the Tennessee baseball locker room, by the way. We can do that. We can have our own special little orange section and uh, bring great joy to all Tennessee fans. Well, throughout, you, all you got to do is whine and bitch the whole time you're down there, and then they'll think you are a Tennessee fan, Kelly. Well, yeah, that, that's that's an idea. I don't know about that orange, though. You know, yeah, yeah the whining well, and bitching. I mean, it's Halloween. you got to have orange somewhere. Well, that's true. Well that's true. All right, so, Delancey, the bottom line is that this is a place that you can bring your children. You can let them go. They're going to be safe. They're going to have a good time. They're going to be within the confines of the baseball stadium. And so uh, it's just a great night to let the kids have a really good time and, and not be concerned about their well-being, right? Absolutely. I mean, this is definitely a place to come and just have good family fun. And like you said, not worry about anything. Just have a good time and hang out with some great young adults that will build relationships with the kids and with the families. So what do you think about the three of us on the show coming as Tennessee fans and we'll just whine and complain the whole time we're there underneath the bleachers? Would that, could you set that up for us? I mean, I could definitely make that happen for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it may take a little bit of, you know, finagling, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to have to bring the Applebee's clothes sign, if that's okay. <laughs> You'd have to have the Applebee's sign. There's no question about that. All right, Delancey, so real quick, when, it, when and where? Um, it's going to be Pete Taylor Park this Thursday, the 26th, from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Okay. Was this as bad as you probably thought in your head it was going to be? Because we were Not really on our best behavior. I want you to understand that. Well, I definitely appreciate y'all taking it easy on me. This was not bad at all. This is actually fun. <laughs> You're welcome anytime, Delancey. Well, thank you. All right. Delancey Giannini, everybody. Trick or treat at the Pete. We appreciate uh, we, her coordinating that and putting We could also dress up like Jack Duggan, have a... Uh, you know, a hamburger in our mouth, a baseball in one hand, and a coke in the other. There That's another idea, Bob. Yeah, because yeah, he he did it all at, did it all at once. Right? And, I, and I'm actually left-handed, so you yeah. can do that. I like the Tennessee idea, though. That's pretty good, Kelly. Welcome to the Tennessee locker room, housed directly beneath your visitor stands, courtesy of Southern Miss. They turned down Reed Green, people. It was their own fault. Yeah. They didn't do nothing but whine. Not not the players. The fans whined and complained the entire time they were here. They made LSU fans look good. I mean, can you believe that? I was going to say, that that's a pretty tough, that's heads or tails, you know, on that one. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. D-Bad and D-1 Training bring you the final segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Pro shop, indoor training facilities, batting cages for baseball and softball. It's all at D-Bat and D-1, dbathattiesburg.com. Ladies golf up at West Point at Old Waverly. And uh, right now, both Elena Melich and... Moco Ando tied at 26th overall. Lady Eagles struggling as a team, uh, but two Golden Eagles in the top 26. They will finish out the tournament tomorrow with round 
three. All right, basketball tonight. If you missed it at the top of the hour, uh, just gut punch stuff. It just seems like uh, we're Southern Miss and stuff always happens. Starting point guard Neftali Alvarez out, looks like, for the rest of the year as he posted on uh, Instagram as he got ready for a surgery and you know that that foot causing him lots of uh, lots of issues but tonight the fighting okra the delta state statesman come uh, to play the golden eagles game starts at 7 of course uh, two or i'm sorry three uh, exhibition games uh, mississippi state this sunday at 2 p.m. and then william carey on monday november 6th what are you guys looking for tonight um we we talked yesterday you know a lot of playing time for for different people, but uh, we will see probably tonight an opportunity for for Jay Ladner to really you know mix up the point guard and and see you know who he can utilize at that position. It's just tough when it, it's losing your starting quarterback the week before the season starts or the week the season starts. And this is what exhibition games are for. You know, you certainly didn't hope that you would have to start uh, working different combinations you know this early because of injuries. But again, Alvarez had foot issues last year. Didn't resume uh, the season until about midway through. And I agree with Bob when he said earlier that, that the Eagle team is different with Alvarez in there. He's so quick and so fast and a terrific passer and really runs the floor well. So now, uh, so what is the option? Because most of the other guards are, you know, are shooting guards and not pure guys that run the point. So you know, is Armstrong the guy that's going to be able to give you, you know, more minutes? Jeff's a, he's a great kid. Uh, but he's you know slight and has never played you know significant you know play, uh, playing time. I mean he runs the point, but I mean is I he, mean Mo Arnold, Mo Arnold's your guy. I yeah, mean, that, Mo Arnold is your guy. Right. But we've seen Crowley be able to bring the ball at the court, and it's never a bad thing when you have um, a, a shooting guard like him with the ball handling ability that he has. While you can stick a Montgomery or hopefully a Curbelo at the two. And somebody else like like Hart or Ivory at the three, where um, you know you can just you could have three shooters like good shooters. So what what's frustrating is Alvarez the the defense is where I mean he's just he's he's, he's glue. I mean he's he's stuck on people. I mean just they could man up at the top and and get after it. And just the way that he d- distributed the ball, they were like you said, Kelly. I mean, it was they were a different team when he was in the ball game, like energy wise. And and Montgomery, we've talked about him, or at least I have. I've been really high on Montgomery in, in the off season. But now you maybe he's maybe got to hit the accelerator a little bit harder now uh, with the with the situation. Now he's going to have to um, be a little bit more versatile, perhaps, than he has in the past. But I th- I think if he plays. Up to his potential, I think everybody's going to love Kobe Montgomery. They're going to love this kid, man. He kid can from he can shoot it. You yeah, know, he's, he's really good. Hey, let me throw this in here real quick. I just got this text. A reminder from our buddy Slade at the Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Pre-game festivities tonight, uh, prior to the Delta State game. Trivia tomorrow night at seven. USM game on the TV Saturday, and they're going to have a pre and post game special Sunday for the Mississippi State basketball game. Pretty cool, I think, that uh, – look, all due respect to the Fighting Ochre, glad they're here tonight, but really cool that Mississippi State and USM will square off Sunday afternoon. And that will tell you a lot more about the team than what you're going to see tonight, I would say, Kelly. And 4th Street, everybody – it's kind of like Cheers, the old TV show. Everybody knows your name, and everybody there is a Southern Miss fan. 
Um, so should should be fun. It's always it's always a good time at Fourth Street. Yeah. So I uh, want to say hello to our good friends down there. All right. So basketball tonight, and then again Sunday, and really can't overemphasize the uniqueness of this thing uh, Sunday, Luke. Uh, and and what a worthy cause having. It's been a long time in the Delta. I can tell you that the uh, folks up in Rolling Fork need all the help they can get. I think it's very, very cool that uh, that State and USM could put their quote-unquote differences aside uh, to do this for the people up in the Delta. I mean, I don't – I'm not trying to disagree. I'm just saying I don't think there's any differences between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I mean, between Southern Miss and, and Mississippi State. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. They they play us in all three big sports, right? Right. So, I think this was a, a matter of two coaches that know each other and basically yeah. saying, hey, we're not on the re- regular schedule. Let, let's pull something off. But and, let me uh, tell you, exhibition game is misleading about that because anybody that doesn't think these two teams are going to go after each other from the get-go probably don't it's understand gonna be fun. athletics. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, game seven tonight, uh, Southern Miss Connection, Bobby Dickerson of Laurel, Dustin's dad, infield coach for the Philadelphia Phillies. It's in Philadelphia tonight. Diamondbacks just kind of came out of nowhere, but um, I guess I'll pull for the Phillies tonight since a fellow Jones County and and the the man who taught Dustin Dickerson how to play baseball. All right, what a Trey Sutton. Thank Delancey Giannini and also Heath Hinton for joining us on the show today. And and Milano's Pizza next door, Bob, just came and dropped off a free pizza. Some food, yeah. Thanks, guys. Better get what you can, Bob. (laughs) Yeah, I know. He's already licked it. It's too late. Got to do what you got to do. More Eagle Hour tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Hope you'll join us. Thank you for listening today. Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.